fella. You drunk, big fella. Two sips and now you want to trip, big fella. You not a drinker. I can see it all in your leg, big fella. You wobbly, big fella. You finna fall. Sit down, you drunk, big fella. Yes, people, as promised, it's a two-parter this week, so let's get rocking. We are looking at Donna, Stronger Than Pretty, and speaking to its director, Jarrett Marlena. So, people, it is definitely one worth checking. So, what are we doing? Let's get it popping, right? It's always tough to watch uh, some films that are around certain topics, like domestic abuse. It's it's kind of heavy, right? It's not that thing that anyone takes glee from watching but it's important it's something that happens in day-to-day life very unfortunately but it is it's there it's affected many people so it's you know it's a subject that shouldn't be shied away from on film you know we should be looking at these topics and learning from them so you know it's definitely a good thing that Jarrett um, Jarrett Martino has released his new film, which is Donna Stronger Than Pretty, right? And this new film is actually, you know, based on the true story of his mother. Yeah, it's actually, um, yes, it's a true thing, which can't have been easy to make right there's definitely that that you look at it and think damn you know what I mean boy how was that done you know but it was okay so uh, yeah got a chance to um, take a look and it's definitely uh, it's definitely an interesting you know, piece of work, right, there's, you know, you can look at it and think, okay, there's the strengths, there's some weaknesses here, but then where it's coming from is very important, so as said, right, it's directed by Jarrett, who also, he serves as a co-writer on a piece, along with his mother, Donna Marie Martino, and then um, Pat Branch also worked on the script. Uh, so the film is produced by Kate Amundsen. Oh dear, oh dear, I butchered that. But yes, she, she worked on it, uh, along with Elisa Jason. Um, and Andrew Vass with executive producers Winfred Sheehan 
Kingston Sheehan. Uh, we've got Valerie Martino. So Jarrett's sister, Jarrett himself. Ernst Martino. He's dad. Not brother, even. Um, we've got, uh, yeah, that's it. The executive producers. So music is by Eric DeLong. Cinematography is from John Schweigart. Uh, film edited by Michael Amersden. Uh, casting is Brianna Michelle. Production design, Doreen Creed. Art direction, Novia Elvina. And costume design is Stephanie Lindsay. So, um, yeah, a lot of talented individuals working on the piece. And people, so the gist of the story is this. Donna's love story with Nick begins so sweetly. He charms her with all the right words and all the right actions that make it seem so easy and so possible to be happy. Nick's words and actions change and become so abusive on every level that make he that he makes it nearly impossible for Donna or their children to love him. Or like him as he makes one bad decision after another. Donna is forced to question her own bad decisions and why and how she both sacrifices her dreams and enables Nick's bad behavior. Uh, so, yeah, which is, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough situation to be in, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think everyone could, um, you know, just imagine trying to put yourself in those shoes, right? So it takes a horrific incident for Donna to realise that her American dream is turning into a living nightmare and has her call on just... Everything inside to break away and you know, realize that hey, she doesn't need anyone else to create that loving family, you know. And so, the film it's there's some interesting stuff here, right? So, we start off, it's interesting. So, you know, we start off. Right with a we see a school choir, and then it goes into Donna doing a little solo. Then we hear her kind of narrating, like reading a diary entry. You know, so we had that, and we see her go home to her family, her mum, her dad. They're arguing, so we see that, which isn't important, right? That's important, but we see that. And then we jump forward, jump forward to 1976, and um, we see Donna again with her friends getting ready to go out. She goes out to, you know, have some fun, and that is where she meets Nick. Yes, that's where it all starts, people. And uh, gotta say, some of the lines Nick drops. Woo! 
You know what I mean? They were... They were bad. Old Nicky voice stank up the room. But, hey, it was enough to charm Donna. And, um, yeah. They then... You know, start dating. Right? So we see all of this. We see the dating, the courtship, the happiness... But that all changes when they get married. You know? Um, I will say, where this film really, really kind of just stands out, I I would say, is just the set design, you know, the, 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 the costume, like the music, everything like that. It really does... Bring you into that era Right You you feel you're in the 70s You then feel you're in the 80s it, it really does You know I think Bring you to that period Like immerse you Into These scenarios Everything that is taking place You feel you're there Like the, the It's the The tone Right, the filters that they've used on the film, it it really works very well. So um, yeah, definitely hats off for that aspect of it. There are elements of the script that it does get a little cheesy in places. Ain't gonna lie, right? There, there's a um oh my days. There's one part when Donna is talking to some women at. I don't know what you would call it. Maybe the town. It, it maybe it's the town hall, right? Maybe or some legal officey thingy thing. And she's talking to the, these women, and one says, "Yo, we need to we need to replace those glass dippers for some warrior boots." Uh huh. And you're just like, ah, shit. <laughs> and listen, I understand. I understand the sentiment. But the line was a little stinky. The line was, whew, nearly as bad as Nick's chat-up lines. <laughs> and then later on, um, <laughs> oh, my days. Yeah, later on, the kids are talking. And um, we we hear <laughs> we hear them say, um, "Oh God, what, what what was said? It was, oh my days, um, oh um, he's talking about he his dad's girlfriend, right? And uh, he's like, have you um." Must have, uh, dad must have a new girlfriend named Karma. I heard she's a bitch, and it's just like, oh no, <laughs> just like, oh no, <laughs> like, oh dear, oh dear, whoo, a little cheesy, a little cheesy, but right, but. Yo, I, I think the the big message of the film, right? I think the big message of the film is very important. And it's like, as I said, you know, that first argument, that first scene when you see Donna's parents arguing, 
you know, talking about affairs and all of that. That's important, right? We then see um, Nick's parents arguing about the same thing. And there's the... uh, there's the, the the notion of domestic abuse between them, right? So, I think that's important for the the fact of this can scar kids, right? This imprints a sense of normality on them. You know, when you grow up and that's all you're seeing, it can you know, it it can lead people to believe that's the way this shit works, right? Oh, in a relationship, you go out, you can have affairs, because, you know, it can get sorted out, right? If someone continues to nag, just storm out. Storm out because, you know, you make up later, right? A slap round of chops is fine, you know? Yeah, it doesn't mean you don't love each other. It's fine. When we all know (laughs) that shit is not fine, right? You should not do any of that. It is terrible, terrible shit, right? But it's what does that do? Like, what does it do? Two young people when they see that Now don't get me wrong It's never Never an excuse And there is Right there is the um, Yeah there is the thing where You have to decide what kind of person You're gonna be You know Are you going to repeat The actions And the follies Of those that have come before us or do we work to create a new path for ourselves? You know what I mean? And I think the film does show us these, these things. Right? This is within the conversation. And that's important. That is definitely important. So, although it's not a perfect film. You know, there, there are the flaws... Right, I I think that the messaging that it's putting out there, you know, the the foundation of the film, you know, the conceit that it's showing us this thing that happened, this real thing that happened, you know, this thing that is happening to countless of other people. And I say people because, you know, it does happen to men, right? Men find themselves in abusive relationships. I've known dudes that have been beaten by their girls, you know? Uh, Yeah, I mean, hey, we've teased them, but on the real, you know, you you look to support them, right? But we also know, statistically... It happens definitely more to women, you know? And I think sometimes, I think as we've seen, right, with the, 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 all the movements and things like that, 
people don't always feel they can come out and talk about stuff, right? Which sometimes you think, ah, man, but there's so many examples of people doing that. Speak your truth. Never, never hide away. It's not your fault. But I think until people see something where someone is making that step to implement a change, they often do, you know, sit in silence. So having something like this, I think it's an important thing, you know, it's valuable to the conversation. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's definitely a strength of the film. Yeah, and we see that story. You know, it, it's not necessarily the same story that we often see when it comes to films around this subject. You know, a, another film that definitely takes a different look at the story is um, Listen. You know, which we spoke about. You know, it's on the website along with the fantastic conversation with the film's director, Amy Walker. You know, so definitely go take a look at that. But yeah, this is, uh, you know, like Listen, it's a little bit different. You know, so um, yeah, I do feel that uh, it's worth checking out. Definitely worth checking out. And you can, as I said, look, there's a, there's some, there are some missteps in the film. You know, some of the dialogue is bad. I think there is a point where people don't necessarily seem to age. You know, there is that. But at its core, at its core, people, Donna, stronger than Piri, is, is valuable. It is valuable and it is definitely worth a look. And if something like this can help people, hey, all power to them. All power to them. So, um, people, Donna Stronger Than Pretty is out on the 24th of July. Yeah, I know. It's a Saturday. <laughs> it is an odd one, right? Films don't usually drop on a Saturday, but this one will be, which is fine. It's all good. So um, if you go to the episode information, you will be able to see all the links, you know, the trailers there. So people, right, if this feels like um, it can help with a conversation... It's something that you want to, you know, you feel you need more info on. You need to check out. Hey, 24th people, you can do that. It will be available on all your favorite VODs. So, yeah, go take a look. Donna, stronger than pretty. Okay, people, so... There's the review. Now, let's get to our conversation with um, Jarrett. And it's very interesting, people. So, hear me? Let's go. Okay, people, so I am here with Jarrett Martinio. 
Martino. <laughs> Martino. Ah, man, sometimes I hit it. Sometimes I just butcher the names. But I am so glad that you are here to talk about your new film, Donna, Thanks. Stronger Than Pretty. Thank you so much. Yeah, so this is actually, you know, a true story, right? Or like based around, you know, true events that happened. So what made you, I mean, at this point in your life to decide, all right, this is the story I need to tell? Yeah, um, so I'm, I produced um, so many other films prior to this that created awareness for different subjects. And, um, and I watched so, many, so much vulnerability on the other side of the camera, people sharing survival stories and bullying and um, all sorts of, of things that um, I was really inspired by, by their strength, um, the talent on the other end. Um, and um, I, I wrote this as a journal entry just to kind of get it out. And it, I wrote it in screenplay format because I've been in the business since I'm, I'm six years old. Um, never really having a full, never writing this saying, I'm going to make this a film. Um, it was just kind of a, a, a way to get it down and out. Mm -hmm. And then um, one thing led to another and we did a stage reading. I hired a writer from the WGA, Pat Branch, because um, I, I had this 150 page script or I mean, it might've even been more than that, the very first draft. Um, and I knew enough about film that that was way too long. <laughs> um, so she helped uh, through the stage reading and table reads and then the short film. Um, I mean, we spent eight years together as cast and crew. Um, and um, that's how we found Kate Amundsen who plays Donna and, and uh, Anthony Fico who plays Nick. And some of the other cast as well was, was on board with us and, and became family. Um, Kate slept in my mom's bed during the shooting um, and my mom stayed at her parents' house at that point. So she really got to walk my mom's footsteps and everything came full circle for her because here she was after eight years of studying uh, the script and her and journals and talking to my mom and getting to know our family. And then she was sleeping in her bed for for the duration of, of, the, of, uh, of our shoot. So it was really powerful stuff and, um, and, and everyone banded together as family. And I, and I think that I put a lot of work into it, but I always say that this film would have made itself no matter what. Um, it just was a, a story that needed to be told in this way because it doesn't feed into the stereotypes and stigmas. Um, it's, it's purely about my mother's strength and the strength that came from her mind and her voice and the actions that, that she put into building a life for herself and her children. Yeah, we've, you know, there's, there are a lot of films that deal with domestic abuse um, and they all kind of come at, from different angles, right? So one, when putting this together, how did you decide on, all right, this is the best way to tell it? Because like you don't show any of the violence. 
I there's a little bit in there of that of the big of the big situation, but not really of any of the smaller kind of you know the in in ugh, I can't think of the word uh the you know the initial little things that lead that are kind of picking away at it all. Right. So what was the kind of thinking of maybe not showing it, but having the, the words around these moments? Yeah, I mean, because I as a child, I didn't have this in the media. Um, so beyond it being my mother's true story, it was really important for me to give back to children um, because we see, you know, what I saw in, in, in film was um, or on TV was feeding into the stereotypes and stigmas was um, sensationalizing and make, making a profit off of the abuse. And I just think that that perpetuates it. And I wanted to do something different that provided a tool for women and the children and the men that find themselves in abuse. Um, so I was really adamant about being gentle with it um, because we're partners with the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. So I knew that this was going to reach a targeted audience as well. And PTSD is a real thing. And um, I, I didn't want to dam further damage anybody in terms of um, dredging up things that really don't keep them moving forward. So, um, so yeah, I, I wanted the film to be just that, a tool to empower, inspire, um, and showcase that you know, more than the domestic violence, women, you know, we, we chose to go from the 60s um, and span all the way through the early 2000s because uh, there's so much that women had to make their way through um, more than just domestic violence. Um, the verbal, emotional, physical, financial abuse of society, um, you know, getting a job, uh, making, you know, my mom cleaned houses, she waitressed, she put herself through school full time, all while having three kids. I mean, um, I remember, you know, being a, being a kid and really thinking and, and feeling empathy for like, how is she, how do you do that? Like, uh, you know, how, how is she juggling all this? And I was really attuned to her that way where, you know, when she'd come home after a really long day, of, of juggling all this, um, I would be, you know, I'd, I'd be the kid lighting the candles and making sure she had like a warm meal because um, I wanted to just make her day a little easier. Mm. So I think, you know, just having that connection with her and that's who I was from when I was a child, it makes sense that I made a film to celebrate her and then ultimately that we teamed up together to then help other people. Yeah, what was that discussion like? You know, when you went to your mom and said, hey, um, I'm thinking of making a film about your life, your experience. What was, what was that like? I, I imagine there was, there's some nerves in maybe just having that conversation, you know? I think we were, we're so close and I, I I knew in my gut that she would be, I know her strength and her determination. So I know that she would be on board. I knew that she would recognize the power of getting this vulnerable, of sharing uh, 
her story. And I, and I feel like, that, I feel like that really like zooming out that, that is, it is a, a huge part of why she was here, you know, because you and I are here talking about it today and her legacy lives on and we're, you know, we get emails of people that watched the film and it resonated with them and, and they made a different choice. So um, it's a part of the bigger design. So I, um, I just, it, there was no nerves at all during that conversation. And it kind of just, she really, as always just became my biggest fan and, you know, um, got the updates and was a part of the phone calls and um, flew out to Sundance when we were at the short at the Indie Lounge and, and just, um, showed up and shook people's hands you know they're it's a really vulnerable thing so a lot of people just wanted to shake her hand and give her a hug this is obviously before the pandemic <laughs> but it really was valuable to them and for us but for them in that moment to see you know we i'll never forget we had uh we we met this this man who was sobbing at sundance and he said I wish my grandmother had the strength you did because she would be alive today. His grandfather killed his grandmother. You know, so moments like that, I just um, kept me going more than my mom, you know, equally to my mom's story was the passion of, of saying, wow, this, and, and the eye opening that even though you know it happens, it's like, this does happen too much and it happens to so many people and it just, get swept under the rug. It's such a silent, insidious well, thing. Yeah, I, I think one of the, just the the, the the horrible parts of the film, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that are a little bit rough to kind of envision and watch and see, but it's the, the court, right? She, your mum's got the restraining order, but the judge is like, um, Oh, he he gets to visitation rights, and you're just like, that makes no sense. Like, what what the hell is, what is that? That's insane. You know, yeah. it, 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 it's a it's a situation because I I've read about situations right where where the restraining orders have been there. They they get put aside for visitations, and then the the, the mother gets killed. Right, and you do, you see these patterns, and then you just see it, and you're just like, yeah. "What the hell?" Like, what? Unfortunately, what and it's still that's still very present today in our legal system. It's the guilty, you know, innocent until proven guilty, and and you really um, a lot of times these situations do come down to violence that ends up in in someone getting killed, um, mm. and that's. That's the really sad part um, that that still, you know, we and VAWA and all these legislation, you know, things that that NCADV work towards every year, um, or at least maintain, you know, because people are always trying to um, remove some things too, as far as like protections. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's the sad reality. And my mom would be the first to say like, it's just a piece of paper. It's not gonna. It's not going to really stop somebody from um, breaking through or finding you. And uh, 
So it's no. I mean, there's there's so many incidents that demonstrate the fact that yeah, that it's not really worth a lot, you know, in theory, you know, which is which makes it all the worst. But it it was just because I I will say <laughs> I will say right, Jared, the the promotional information that we get sent it did make you think the worst, right? When, when you see that moment in your film, you're like, oh, God damn it, right? I did it, I don't, because, you know, we, we, we hear that, unfortunately, your mother's no longer, you know, here. So there is that, you're watching the film just going, oh, no, not, don't, don't let this be, you know? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> You did uh, bring a lot of anxiety with that. Yeah, there's a lot of anxiety that comes with that situation. So I'm, I'm happy that came across um, because I think that that's, you know, people that are deaf, that have been in that space um, will recognize that, but they'll also hopefully um, see, that, see that there's another side if they haven't yet um, and see what you can what you can create and what you could do, you know, walking away feeling empowered was always the motivation um, and providing the tool that, that uh, if you find yourself being abused verbally, emotionally, physically, financially, that, um, that there's another path. And that um, sometimes it means giving up everything, you know, like my mom did, she walked away from a lifestyle um, that it meant her freedom. Yeah, which, you know, I, I kind of feel life and freedom kind of trumps shiny objects, right? Definitely. I mean, you, I look back, I think we were, uh, you know, I remember being, thinking as a kid, we were the richest kids on the block. And meanwhile, we were in a small two-bedroom basement apartment that my mom brought us to. That was our, our safety. Um, and, you know, but she still... She found free things for us to do. I mean, we were the busiest kids on the block. And in our heads, like we had our mom, we had everything. Mm. Well, yeah, I think that's, it, it's situations like this that does, I think, reinforce what's important in life. You know what I mean? It, it's not about just flashy cars and new, you know, new crazy trainers and all of that kind of thing. It's it's about that internal support system, right? Because we, I think we've seen people who look like they have everything, but don't have that, you know, that foundation, that infrastructure that a loving family brings them. It's true, yeah. I mean, and definitely that's what my mom definitely provided, you know, and I think, the sad part is, is that my dad, and we never wanted to demonize him, you know, it wasn't, he has a good heart and he did, he does love my mom till this day, but he watched his dad do this. So like part of the film and the platform um, is very much to support women, but also to support men that, you know, there really is only AA that, you know, alcoholics can get together and, and talk about why they might be doing something. but. I think, and what, and what we're starting to do in the United States um, through the film and with partnerships is creating space for men to say, you know what, I don't want to do this. I'm doing it, but I watched my dad do it. So we're, 
you know, that, that's why it was so important to go from the 60s through the early 2000s. So we can showcase that this is conditioning, you know, my mom and dad created a good balance for each other in a lot of ways and could have had a partnership that made a lot of beautiful memories and things happen. Um, they, it didn't happen because of my dad got caught in the cycle and the pattern. Um, so, you know, the hope is that people can see this film and maybe they, maybe there is a chance. It's not just about getting away, you know, I'm realizing in this moment, it's about, um, it's about, can, can you make a change? And can you, you know, can you do, can you do the work that's required? And if it's not in that relationship, maybe it's the next one you have that you just become a healthier person. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that. We, we've seen people where, you know, a, a first marriage just does not work, but they, people take away, you know, what, where it fell down and make a second one. And that becomes that shining example. So there is definitely that. But I would ask you, Gary, because I, it's definitely an interesting, I think, thought process, but it's like, where does the line stop between the examples that we witness and our own choice, right? Because we see things, and that was definitely one thing that you did kind of, I think, hit you in the film, that, you know, when you see that Nick's parents and what they, you know, the pattern they're in, you do kind of think, oh no, this isn't gonna look good for Donna, right? And it, it's that, but then thinking to yourself, I don't wanna do that, right? I might have seen it every day, but I don't wanna be that person, right? So I, I think there's that thing that kind of gets imprinted on us, but then there is that choice that we have to make as people. But what, what yeah, I agree with that. I think there's so much gray area and I think that it, um, it all, the contributing factors are when it happens, like when you experience it because your psyche, especially in the early years is ever changing and develop, you know, in development. So my mom was a school teacher, so I'm not, I don't have a teaching background or a psychology background, but what I do know about the subject and the, st the statistics are the percentage of people that grow up in abuse, um, there's more, there's an increase of, of, of people that end up being abusers themselves. Mm. Um, so it's definitely like, you know, the black and white is there, but I do agree with you, you know, that's, a, that's an evolved thinking that someone can make the choice, which they can. But I, I do think that there's, you know, there are other factors, unfortunately, that don't make it so clear cut. Like, you know, for me, the, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is really, like I said before, just the when it happened. Were they two years old? Were they six years old? How, what length of time did they stay in this situation? Um, you know, because all that builds anger. And um, I guess like in that way you can, you could utilize the anger to make a different choice or the anger then just manifest in, in becoming that, that same type of person.
Oh yeah, no, for sure. For sure, because like, I think we see that some people have um, dependent personalities. You know, they can become, you know, an alcoholic, a drug, a drugaholic, you know, an addict. <laughs> Addict, drug addict, good damn. I don't know what's wrong with me, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, we, we see people that get addict, those addictive personalities. And yeah. I, I think that can affect you. You know, some people that, you know, they need support from others to be able to make certain changes. So where you can go, you know, the choice is down to you. There are definitely other factors involved. I don't think it's, as clear cut as I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this kind of thing. Yeah, you know? alcohol. But, you bring up a good point, like, and that's why we put the drugs and alcohol in there because um, the choices, are, although they're still coming from um, the person, they are fueled by the drugs or alcohol or the combination of both. So that definitely is like another separate issue and factor for sure. Yeah, because it, it breaks down those inhibitions where when you're sober, you know, all right, I'm not going to I'm not going to do that thing. But then when you're a little loosey goosey, it's a bit like, yeah, fuck it. I do that. Or, you know, your arm just might be like, boom. And you're just like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? In, in, in a cold of day, you'd be like. Why did I do that? You know, but yeah, yeah that, that shit happens. you know, that's what happens. And it's also. You know, it's not just, it's like uh, the conditioning, not of just families, but you know, um, what the film is definitely helping point out the thousands of years of damage of a patriarchal society of, of men holding a certain place above women. And that, you know, although that this does happen to, to men as well, statistically far more to women um, and, you know, from, from jobs to all sorts of abuse from the, you know, um, it, it doesn't just, it's not just domestic violence. It's just the way we, as a society, treat our women and the way this is passed down. You know, this has come from generations, thousands of years ago. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. What do you think about stuff like this should get taught in schools? Right, make not necessarily, you know, the, the domestic abuse, you know, the, the drugs, the alcohol, those conversations, but empowerment, right? Being like, listen, we learn all the wrong things. I mean, I feel like we get out of school and I, you forget half of what you learned. <laughs> yeah, we're not well, learning the right stuff, you know. Yeah, it, it's it's not exactly, it, it it's not really built to send us out into the world exactly right? it, like it, it kind of teaches you to um be around other people your peers in a way but some of those vital knowledges that we need to know you know about safe sex about you know safe drug use about safe alcohol use you know like treating people the right way it doesn't really do anything around those sort of things and you just think if you were told those things maybe it's not going to fix the problem but it could help i guess they you know um schools might feel like you know it becomes very political where that might 
that should be a conversation at home. But I do agree with you that um, we should be learning these things. I think school promotes and shapes kind of that competitive um, male, female, like separation and um, can, it, it can contribute to, you know, in the long term to domestic violence for sure. You know, it's like, um, I hope nowadays that they are doing things a little differently, but I don't, I haven't been, besides my mom being, she was uh, an elementary school teacher. So um, I know she certainly um, enforced certain, you know, behavior and, and instilled um, value and everything. But, but yeah, I, I, I think that's a really good point. And I've done a lot of these and I've had a lot of conversations and, and no one's really ever brought up school, which is really interesting. So I think that that, um, I think that that, that's a really good point. Yeah, I, I just think there's, well, there's a lot of different things, right? It, it shouldn't just be one thing, one institution, one person that is meant to instill all of this in us, right? Yeah. It, it, it's a, uh, it's, it should be more of a synergy. You know, everything helps build and underpin certain moral values, you know, just like little, hey, be good to each other. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Like, I just remember those old corny ass cartoons back in the day. At the, at the end of He-Man, he'd be like, hey, kids, as you saw, me and Man of Arms, we argued. But in the end, we were best friends. You know? And we don't get that now. <laughs> that's true and the cartoons don't really um teach lessons like they used to i'm i'm i definitely have seen that um yeah it's a it's a good point of like the source of of where these these conversations can begin yeah though i <laughs> as my niece ah nice my granddaughter that just ran by <laughs> oh man um this i realized time i don't want to oh gosh yeah apologies i don't want to keep you just one last well a couple two last things did yeah. your mother help with um the casting at all um she didn't she wasn't in uh she was in new york and i was in la at that point um but um she certainly was uh, involved in terms of like, you know, I sent pictures over and, and maybe even some video if we had that. Um, she did come to the stage reading, which, um, you know, was eight years ago. So she got to know everybody there um, and of course weigh in. Um, but she kind of like left the production stuff to us and she, she trusted me that way. So, um, but, she was a huge part of um, the conversations that she had with, with Kate and with Pat Branch in terms of uh, maybe what wasn't written in her journals or answering questions or, you know, if Kate had questions about developing the character and really, because it was so important for Kate, she's so detail oriented. So she wanted to know everything about my mom and, um, down to the way you know she walked and smiled and like really embody her essence. So um, uh, okay, man, that's that's great. And Jack, 
because of time and I, I need to let you go. But yeah. quickly, there's the film drops in the UK on the 24th, right? So how- Saturday, July 24th. Yes. So people mark that down in the calendar, but how can people follow what you're doing? What Let them know your handles, your, your socials, all of that business. Yeah, definitely. So um, the film is DonnaTheMovie.com. And uh, my production company, we also have distribution and uh, film festivals as well. That's lovewinsproductions.net. Um, and then I'm under Jarrett Martino everywhere. So just add Jarrett Martino. Okay, fantastic. I'll, I make sure I will put all that information in the episode notes. So um, thank you very much for um, giving me your time, man. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it. And, uh, yeah, you know, good going with the film. I know this must have been, must have been difficult, but hey, there must be some catharsis. I feel that's the word I'm looking for in finishing this important message and putting it out in the world, man, so. Definitely. And thank yeah. you for supporting and um, helping us get the word out there. You know, we, don't, we never know who's, who's listening and, and who might need to hear this. So, um, you know, thanks for help, helping do your part in, in creating the change. Hey man, no worries. It's always a pleasure, man. I, I enjoy having conversations like this. Oh, I will say, um, another film about um, domestic abuse that is really powerful and really good mm -hmm. is called Listen, and it's from um, Amy Walker. Uh, she yeah. she uh, directed, directed it, and it is- Did that just yeah. come out recently, or um, is that- No, so it came out last year. Okay. Came out last year, but- um, I It's on the film festival circuit, or? Um, I forget why, but I was speaking to her about another film, and so I got to see that one as well. Okay. I think well, it's if you're friendly with her, um, she's welcome to submit. If she wants to reach out, I can give her a, a waiver code for our festival. Okay. Yeah, I'll let her know, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, well, man. Thank you so much. Have a great day. It's good connecting. Hey, you too. Thank you very much, man. Right, bye bye. Okay, people. So we've reached that time again at the end of another episode, people. But before we bounce, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film. And this is very interesting, right? Because, um, yet yeah, the Green Knight. Right, new film from David Lowry. It was due to hit the big screens in a couple of weeks, but it's been pulled. It's been pulled from the schedule, right? So there is talk, oh, it's because of COVID and all of this. It's not. <laughs> it is not. And the funny thing is, I heard why today while I was at the the old screening. Right? Um yeah, I'm, I was sitting next to some peoples in the know and I overheard, right? The yeah, Amazon has picked it up. So that is why it's not hitting cinemas. But um, you know. I think most people are Prime or access to Prime. So I don't think this will hurt it, you know? So, um, yeah, that's why Green Knight ain't gonna be hitting those big screens.
Prunes. Now this one, I, I think this is a bit of a shame, right? Because I really like Thelonious Monk. Oh my gosh, motherfucker was a genius. So the fact that you know Yesin Bay is um, gonna be starring as him in a new film, oh, that gets you a little tingly. You know what I mean? That, that, that that's something you like. Whoa. I, I can't wait for that. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, there is a snag, right? So, this new film, it's been written by Peter Lord Morland. The film itself will just be called Felonious. Makes sense. And it says it centers around Monk's struggles for musical success, mental illness, and a spiritual love triangle between his wife, Nelly, and one of the world's richest women, Nika Rothschild. The problem is T.S. Monk, right? Felonious's son. Who um, owns the rights and runs the estate? He says they hate the film, they even condone the film, and they will not be allowing any of Felonius's music in the film, which is a shame. Now, I imagine some of the issue is around the love triangle. And maybe the mental illness Because I think I, I, You know what I mean I think sometimes people Even though certain shit happens Right People will think Oh it, it, if someone is known To be doing certain things Or having certain issues That's going to detract From their legacies Their greatness The things that they've done And it's just like No it makes them human. It makes them relatable because most people, I mean, most people have a level of mental illness, right? The amount of famous people, you know, talented people who have had affairs is insane. You know what I mean? It's insane. Like, it, you, you wouldn't... Now, don't get me wrong. It, it, it's not something that you'd be like, oh, he's a cool dude, or she's a cool chick. They had affairs. No. But, you know, you understand that it's something that happens. And it doesn't detract from, you know, the work someone does. You know what I mean? Now, if, if someone was a murderer, right, a paedophile... I mean, that kind of stuff does, but otherwise, it's what it is, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I don't think um, TS is going to change his mind, it's a shame, but it'll be interesting to see uh, Yezin, you know, play such a musical legend. So, um, hey, do you remember, I believe... It was the end of, was it the end of 2019? Or maybe it was the beginning of 2019, right? Wandering Earth hit. 
right? It, it, it launched on Netflix and it was one of the biggest Chinese sci-fi blockbusters ever. Broke all records. It was phenomenal. You know, the success was insane. Was insane. And uh, yeah, you knew at the time, right? And especially the way it ended, there will be more. Right, there will be more. Oh, it was yes, it was at the beginning of 2019. The, the, the first one dropped, or it might have been 2020. I forget. Actually, I think it was 2020. Yes, it was 2020, wasn't it? Time. It's a weird one, people. It's a weird one. But yes. Anyway, sequels. There is a sequel, <laughs> and Andy Lau has joined the cast. You know. So, uh, yeah, Wandering Earth 2 will be coming. I think the plan is for it to um, drop on the 22nd of January 2023. So, uh, there you go, people. If you enjoyed the first one and you like Andy Lau, this is good news for you. All right. So, um, in some other news, which isn't a shock, right? Um, Zack Schneider, you know, has uh, just signed. Well, his Stone Quarry Productions have just signed a two-year first look deal with Netflix. You know, which is, I feel it's. Shorter than the normal first look deals Right now I feel they're usually five years But I think two years is a good one Right Because it means if it's not going as planned Right You're not beholden And everyone stays happy Right But they've just signed that deal And as part of that deal um, We will be getting a sequel to Army of the Dead Yuri And Hey, we spoke about Army of the Dead a few weeks ago, and you know what I mean? Look, I, I didn't think it was the best thing ever, but there was a lot about it that was pretty damn cool. You know, especially the way they created a zombie friggin' tiger. That was pretty badass, right? So, um, yeah, you know, we have that to look forward to, people, you know? I think um, he originally had the first look deal with Warner Brothers, but that ended. You know, so um, yeah, he is now at Netflix, and um, a, 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 a film that is coming out also under the deal is Rebel Moon. So uh, yeah, I think you're gonna get some fun stuff from the Schneiders. So uh, there you go, people. Alright, so um, this is pretty cool. Michaela Cole, you know, she's um, been really killing it lately, and she's just joined the cast to Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So, um, yeah, no word on who she will be playing. If it's a, you know, a known character or if it's a new one created for the film. But yeah, she gets to join. Whew, she gets to join that man. And boy, what a what a kind of production to be involved with. You know what I mean? 
And you know, the cool thing is, it's going to be opening the day before my birthday in 2022. So that will be a little bit of fun, right? Um, now, uh, coming to a close, but... You know, Netflix have put out some pretty good stuff lately, and it sounds like that isn't going to be slowing down anytime soon, right? So they've just promoted some peoples up in the company, right? So uh, Kira Goldberg and Ori Mama have um, just been assigned new roles for developing and producing big budget and four quadrant films uh-huh. so it says their team will be autonomous from the current ones they've split off from um so yeah they get to, they get to do a little certain certain people and you know Netflix did commit to making some you know a, a, a set number of big budget films but it looks like yeah they're, they're upping that right so it says Netflix is planning to up the number of wide appealing major blockbusters they release and improve the commercial appeal of their overall film fare traditional Hollywood studios produce between 12 and 20 movies annually Netflix will release more than 70 films this year choice it's kind of crazy right is kind of crazy and um yeah you know like when you think of some of the ones that are coming right heart the heart of they fall escape from spider head the gray man series which uh yeah i'm interested to see what they do with that and the knives out sequels Right, you're definitely getting some huge stuff over at Netflix. So, yo, and um, yeah, we're gonna end on this one because talking about huge stuff at Netflix, people. So, um, yeah, Monday special. We we talked about the last in the trilogy, and the episode before that, we did the first two parts, and I'm talking about Lee Janik's Fear Street. Right, and I mentioned at the end of the last review that it's left open, right? So you could get more in some iteration, and um, I'm like a seer, people, because that's exactly the plan. So, um, Janik recently um, she did an interview and she said. One of the exciting things about Fear Street is the fact that the universe is big and allows for a lot of space. One of the things that I talked about before I was hired was that we have a potential here to create a horror Marvel cinematic universe where you can have slasher killers from lots of different eras. You have the canon of our main mythology that's built around the fact that the devil lives in Shadyside. So there's also room for everything else. I think that my hope is that audiences like it enough that we can start building out more. We can think about what another trilogy would be, what standalones would be, what TV would be, 
I don't even think about it like TV or movies exactly anymore. That's the great thing about Netflix and about what Fear Street is, which is kind of a hybrid new thing. I'm excited about the possibility of what else can happen. So, uh, yeah, people, that's pretty big news, and um, I'm looking forward to it, because I really enjoyed that trilogy. So if you haven't seen it, check out the last two episodes, episode 156, 157, and you can get the thoughts, and um, go to Netflix and check it out yourself. But, people, that's the end of another one. You know what I mean? Oh, it's a two-parter. <laughs> so go over and check out part two, people. Go check out part. No, actually, no, this is part two. What am I saying? Go check out part one. Yeah, go check out part one. Because, uh, yeah, we've got good stuff there, people. All right, until next week. Peace.